HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This is Cheap Date. I'm sorry, this is Let's Eat In. It used to be called Cheap Date on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Kathy Irway, and this is Roberta's Pizza. And uh, today's show is actually brought to you by Whole Foods Market. So um, let's get right down to it. We have a couple of really, really exciting guests on, t- on the show today. And uh, to introduce the first, I just wanted to uh, read a little... Actually, the very beginning of uh, her book, which is called I Loved, I Lost, I Made Spaghetti. Whenever I start dating someone new, I just can't hold back. No matter how, ma- how often my girlfriends warn me, take it slow, let him win you over, don't give it away so quickly, I just can't resist. I have to cook for him. For me, a new boyfriend is a tantalizing opportunity to show off the thing I'm most confident about, my cooking. I assess the gastronomic inclinations of the man in question at first sight, and my guesses are usually right. I've made every kind of food, from simple pastas to slow-cooking stews and moist, beautifully seasoned roasts, accompanied by perfectly browned potatoes and bright, crisp vegetables. I've made chocolate cakes, cheesecakes, and cakes filled with seasonal fruits. And I've dated every sort of man, artist, lawyer, banker, and writer, kind and unkind, ready to commit and as amenable to commitment as I am to eating at the Olive Garden. So that was by Julia Malucci, the author. And uh, what better way to start off a show that's about cooking and food and love? Thanks so much for being here on the Thank show today. You. It's great to be here with you and Julie Powell. Very exciting and fun to be sitting in a backyard in Bushwick. Yeah, <laughs> on this uh, kind of chilly Monday. It's but uh, cozy. Yeah. It really well, is. We'll heat things up a little bit, I'm sure, <laughs> as time goes on. I hope, I hope. So uh, we also have an exceptional writer today, um, who wrote a recent book called Cleaving. And I'm just going to read actually a recipe from it, which is uh, for Valentine's Day liver for two. Ingredients, yada, yada. Spread flour on a large plate. Season the liver slices with salt and pepper, then dredge in the flour, shaking off excess. Set a skillet over high heat and add butter and oil. When the butter foam has just subsided, add the liver slices. Saute just until a crispy golden brown crust develops about two minutes. Flip the slices and do the same on the other side. Don't worry about undercooking. Over, overcooking is by far the worst fate for liver. Beef liver cooked like this, I keep telling people in the face of near-universal scoffs of disbelief, is one of the most, well, passionate things you'll ever eat. 
I don't know exactly why this is. It's as sexy as hell, but difficult, too. Somehow faintly forlorn, like there's no denying that something was torn from something for your pleasure. So, Julie Powell, in the house. In Thanks the so house. Thanks for being here. Oh, uh, yeah, Brooklyn. absolutely, ma'am. Here I am. Yeah. And um, so you guys are both local writers, obviously, and we're so fortunate to have you guys just pop in on a Monday afternoon. It's, so. it's a good way to live, right? Yeah, it really is. <laughs> I need to keep it going as long as possible. <laughs> I want to make that liver, but I, it's terrible. I feel awful. I don't like liver. Well, but maybe I'll try it because it's, it's a beautiful recipe. It is beautifully written and it makes you, you know, makes you a little hot for liver. Well, it, it liver, I, you know, I'm, I'm a big missionary on the, on the yeah. liver thing, but I do realize I'm in the minority here. It's, a, it's an uphill battle. It seems very, I feel very, you know, parochial for not liking it, but I. Well, you're not alone. You're yeah. not alone. I, I didn't think I was into liver too much, but I think I can be convinced by, by Maybe such we'll a try for testament. Valentine's Day. I there think so. There you go. Maybe we do I should have brought some. Damn. Ooh. Yeah, There's always time. pizza. Yeah. Well, pizza works too. <laughs> pizza with liver. How about that? Mm. So, Julie, um, your new book, um, everyone knows you from Julie and Julia, which is a huge movie, an um, exciting movie, yeah. and... Yeah, we all see it. We all loved it. And somebody just told me recently that they cried at three points watching it. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm sort of embarrassed. I've seen the movie seven and a half times. <laughs> uh, the last half being um, on a plane across country. And I was doing everything I could to avoid watching it. I watched. Were people in the next seat like, oh, my God. Well, no, 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 oh. no. I don't get. No, but they were watching it, which is a very freaky thing. <laughs> and you didn't thing. say anything? And, oh, I God, no. You can't. Oh, no, no, no. Hey. That's my movie. If you were, <laughs> Maybe if I was tipsy, I would say something. No, 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 not not at all. Not me. Um, I'd have to be, and I was tipsy, but um, yeah, I, I sat through the entire Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince or whatever. I mean, everything I could do to avoid it, and I finally did wind up flipping over to it, and and I cried a little, and I was really embarrassed at myself. Um, just it's just weird. It's weird. Watching, yeah, it, it's weird. So. And it's also just a very. A heartfelt movie. You, you could just in a Nora Ephron kind of way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Put it to that. <laughs> next time somebody asks. But um, your next book is um, a really, really. I thought it was an adventurous and risky book for you, for anyone to write. Really, and um, it was. It you know as as we go on, I love just opening with that, just really um, explicit explanation of liver, and uh, we talk about more carnal desires as the book goes <laughs> yes. on. There's like. It's just a really visceral exploration about food. Um, on the one hand, butchery. Right. On the other hand, uh, an extramarital affair. So a, a really yeah. intense look at love and food. And I'm so glad for you for putting that out there. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's it just it needed. I needed to do it. I you mean, it, it yeah. was. I think. I think anyone who writes. I'm sure you know anyone who writes use the uses their personal life for creative fodder does it because. There's something about that process of writing that becomes vital to to processing the experience. And um, I wrote Cleaving in the wake of an extraordinarily difficult and messy um, and horrifying uh, period in my life and my marriage. And and I had to, in order to get through to the other side, I had I had to write that book. Right. So yeah, it's been said that people who can who are um, really passionate about food are really passionate about love and I see that in both of your writing um, they're just things are on a different scale than I think uh, you know you can be really intense about both these pleasures you know pleasures of Certainly. of the palate and 
and and else otherwise. <laughs> so, and Julia, you really put yourself out there in "I Loved, I Lost, I Made Spaghetti." The title it says it all, pretty much. I mean, so what um, did you feel like this was a, a kind of cathartic experience? I guess writing it about was. It? I, it's I I, I I remember just sort of breezing through the writing of it, but uh, and sort of just suppressing whatever emotional. Uh, backlash there was and snacking a lot (laughs) (laughs) as you write in front of the computer you're just munching yeah (laughs) you definitely get hungry you're like i wrote a sentence i'm starving yeah and then (laughs) and then i think the uh, i think the catharsis came after i mean i felt the emotions of it i felt more after the book was out Mm -hmm. than when i was writing it Mm -hmm. that's probably what you're going through well i think i think i think um yeah you have to put some of that stuff Mm -hmm. on the back burner if if you can't then it means you're too too close to it to write about it. I, yeah. you know, I made this terrible mistake <laughs> um, of writing a piece. I was approached to write an essay for a uh, this anthology called "Behind the Bedroom Door." Oh my God. And um, I mean, it, there's some great stuff in the anthology, but but I was approached. I don't know, maybe a, a month or two after uh, my relationship with with D in the book had ended horrifically, oh. and I was. Worst timing ever. Oh, God. I was just reeling. And the woman, the editor said, you know, do you want to write something about your sexual experiences? And I said, yes. I know exactly <laughs> what I'm going to write about. And I just, you know, barfed this thing onto the page. And, and you read it now. And it's like, it's like, it's like raw liver. I mean, there, there's yeah. no, I mean, it's, it's completely like ripped out of my guts and not in a particularly good or artful way. Um, I, so I absolutely agree. I think you have to that's when you know you can write about yeah, it when you have enough yeah, distance on it that yeah. you can, and some perspective yeah um but it's funny i mean you, I, I always think when i'm writing writing makes me hungry and horny yeah. all the time and 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 i think it's because I i'm think always the horniness was suppressed with medications for me when oh I was there writing, you go so well, that's convenient <laughs> I keep having the snacks. that's convenient <laughs> try that next time i mean well you know maybe you don't want to <laughs> <laughs> no no hook me up that might be good <laughs> i got a lot of spare lexapro um <laughs> what exactly are these? Maybe I could use them. I never, I never said that. I never spoke about this before. So this is, you know, this is fresh material. It's an exclusive here on exclusive <laughs> interview <laughs> today on Heritage. So Thanks. probably why, yeah, that didn't happen. But because that would have been good. I mean, that would have been a better, or at least to mix it up a little. Mix it up what, a, little, a little, little this, a little that. What? I, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking. My, I told my mother to listen, and. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely, I love it. Mothers should always be listening. They're, you know, the guiding forces in food and our uh, love lives. Yeah, so. that's right. That's yeah. right. It, it's all their fault, the food and the love lives. So <laughs> they'll have to listen to the fallout. <laughs> so, Julia, in your book, you cook for a lot of different kinds of men. And you that's kind true. of, as, as we heard, you kind of sum them up and what they'd like to eat. Um, how do you do that? I just want to know. Do I, what do you? I don't know. You know, you, you just see like a little punk rock kind of like hipster guy, and you're like, he just wants like meatloaf and potatoes, you know. And you see some guy who's you know, some Euro trash guy. You got to work a little harder for him, maybe. You know. <laughs> well, these sound like very <laughs> positive stereotypes. <laughs> <laughs> Are they positive? They're not positive. Is a stereotype positive ever? No. Um. Anyway, yes, I've cooked a lot of different things for a lot of different men. They all liked them very much, and they all equally sort of didn't like me, hmm. which is, you know. You know? It's been my journey. 
But we like your food. I mean, there's I'm, yeah. I, there's a sense of pride in everything you've cooked. Yes. And everything you've yes. loved and put out there. Yeah. I'm yourself. happy for all of it. Yeah. Only makes you stronger. Right. Right. And, it makes uh, you a better cook and, and, and a better person, probably, once you get through it. I, I believe that. <laughs> I want to believe that. Uh, definitely. And in the aftermath of the book, um, are you planning on writing a sequel maybe you Me. loved and lost and you loved and didn't lose uh, is that a that's, that's possible that or? is possible yeah yeah so <laughs> that's all i'll say okay <laughs> i don't know secrets. i don't know yeah i could write a sequel i could do something completely different um see so much I... harder to write about being happy though yeah that's boring i mean right yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, really interesting. I've been watching the the reviews coming out just recently for um, cleaving. Uh, well, no, God, let's not even talk about my reviews. <laughs> uh-huh. um, um, no, we can't actually. Uh, but, for Elizabeth but Gilbert, Elizabeth Gilbert's new I book. I just read that in the Times. Yeah, and uh, it's just really interesting. It's so it's so much harder to write about being happy. happy. Well, I kind of feel like getting married is a sellout anyway. So I don't know. Right. <laughs> I mean, I might want to get married, but I might not want to then write about it. And I yeah, I mean, well, I think it's a really she, she really did find herself in a strange place where people are expecting a certain kind of book yeah, from her, and, yeah. and um, you know, I know Liz slightly, and she's a wonderful woman, but uh-huh. that's a difficult, yeah, especially when you yeah. sell the kind of numbers that Eat Pray yeah. Love was selling. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. and that's I mean, that's something that I ran into with Cleaving is that I came out with a book that was not what people were expecting, right. From the woman who wrote Julia but, and Julia, right. or from the woman who was played by Amy, Amy Adams. Adams. And, I mean, that adorable girl, that did adorable that? sweet little girl, exactly. <laughs> and people get very angry, very, very, um, just, just vicious, viciously angry, violently angry, um, because there's something so. Well, maybe it's know. a good thing that you brought out such a uh, strong reaction in people. I yeah. mean, provoking people, strong, good, I guess. people think book. they own you too. I guess in a way, there, there because you're a, not only a book, but you're Amy Adams. You got a lot to live up to. Yeah, no, people feel very proprietary, and and mm-hmm. and and um, um, as like as if they know me, which I'm sure you get that as well. I mean, there's people expect certain things mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. based on your writing. And, right. and so when you try to do a different thing or try to you know, expose a different aspect of your life, it, it, it's um, tricky for people. Uh, it's it's, it's so good. funny because they, people feel threatened. It's like, I didn't cheat on you. I mean, I, right, you know, I'm not right. ruining your marriage. Right. Um, why I think you so- also, I think you, <clears throat> I'm just going to interview you too, this, Julia mm-hmm. and Jul- Julie and Julia. <laughs> You, but you didn't. You weren't shying away from the dark places in Julie and Julia either. So I don't think it's so right. shocking, actually. You know, I, I don't. And if like they were smart, they'd know that. You know, and if they read your done. blog back in the day, right. you know, your blog right. is uh, certainly an exploration of the good and the bad and the food. And um, it's it's a movie think, problem. People watch the movie, and and I mean, if I think if you go from the book of Julie and Julia to the book of Cleveland. You get that through line, um, but going from the movie and then That's going such to the bookstore. That's such a weird place, and I can't even wrap my head strange. around that. Yeah, a movie problem. I, I hate to have a movie Dear, problem in my life. Would you really? <laughs> Actually, it's it's a fairly decent problem. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to complain just too too much about this. Maybe it's just a, well, I'm against the happy ending, and that's that's why I'm. I, I mean, I don't know Elizabeth Gilbert. And I don't want to say anything bad about her, but you know, I'm. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I do feel like people in my book were sort of you know. I, I felt for a while like, oh, I don't have the happy ending, and that's the problem. But at the end, I kind of, in the end, I kind of stand by unfinished things, and and so I think mm-hmm. I, again, it was brave of you to go out there and sort well, of, you know, I, I mean, I felt very much the same way um, writing Cleaving that I didn't want to, to tie it up with a bow. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it was one of the reasons I wrote the book was that by the time Julie and Julia came out, 
I was already dealing with this much more complicated, um, difficult, painful, thorny situation. And um, it's not that anything in Julie and Julie wasn't true or authentic to the period, but I had this whole new understanding of how difficult this this relationship was or, and these these relationships um, were. And, and I wanted to honor that. I wanted to honor that life is... Mm-hmm. Just incredibly messy, and, yeah. and and to then to write a second book and then go, oh, but now I fixed it. You know, little bow. You know, was would be almost. You know, people get offended that I wrote about personal stuff, but I would be feel much more dishonest if I had been. And then we all went. You know, yeah. all it was happily ever after because that I don't believe in happily yeah. ever after. Yeah. You're not a fiction writer. You know, you have to right. be honest and um, faithful to to the reality, to the truth that you went through. And so I'm just excited that there's so many different endings, happy, bad, uh, cutthroat. And uh, I didn't read the rest of uh, Elizabeth Gilbert's book, but I'm sure it's like a different whole story. And Mm -hmm. there's so many different stories about food and love these days, it seems. Yes, yes, way too many. (laughs) Growing genre. It's all Uh, your fault, Julie Powell. Oh, darn it. So we're just going to have a short little break and come back. And uh, the song we chose today, Decemberist, it's in the beginning of Cleaving. And um, why did we just choose it? Does anybody want to? I called it out. You you, you picked it, which I thought was a a nice, sweet call of you. Um, I I, I, uh, use it as a, I quote it uh, in the beginning of the the first main section of the book. Uh, It's about, um, I can't, of course, remember the lyrics off the top of my head, but it's about how people are joined uh, as as a as a joints of bones can be joined and, oh, and it's right, that right. intimate and complete and that's very much um, what I was uh, what I felt when we, I was dealing we with We together make a limb. Yeah. Gotcha. So red right ankle. We're going to hear song. that by Decemberus and then we're going to come right back. You can call in too. It's 718-497-2128. Be right back. This is the story of your red right angle And how we came to meet your leg And how the muscle bone and sinews tangled And how the skin was softly shed Now it whispered over here to me Whatever differences our lives have been, we together make well. This is the story of your right We're back here on Le- um, Let's Eat In. I'm your host, Kathy Irway. This is Heritage Radio Network brought to you today by Whole Foods. And we're here with Julie Malucci, author of I Loved, I Lost, I Made Spaghetti, and Julie Powell, author of Cleaving, A Story of Marriage, Meat, and Obsession. So we've been just chatting about their respective uh, projects, writing styles, and we just got a call from, from a reader, um, from Annie, asking... 
these writers, how did food change your sex life? And that's something that's uh, explored a bit in the book, but let's hear it. I don't Anybody know if it wanna... changes your sex life, but I, I think it enhances. I mean, I would think that people who really enjoy food are probably people who really enjoy sex. Uh, Sensual are, pleasures. And, and it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's a way of loving. I mean, cooking is a way of loving and giving. So that usually probably it, do prepare you for... for uh, isn't it weird when you meet people who are just like, I'm just not that into food. It's just... It, no, it, well, it's one of those much. things like not being a dog person. You're like, oh... Yeah. Ooh. Actually, the, the, an interesting thing with me happened with, uh, well, with uh, Dee in the book. Um, likes, liked, likes, presumably still, to eat. Um, not, was never a cook. Um, and we actually sort of got, at the very end of the book, I talk about how we get back in touch. And we spent this month sort of like, what happened here? What the hell is going on? And we didn't, you know, we didn't, we didn't sleep together. We didn't do anything. But I, he asked me to teach him how to cook. And it was really fascinating trying to teach him how to make a pork chop. And just the physicality of it terrified him. Like, the, the, the popping of the oil in the pan like, really? made him jump back. Wow. And you know, he, he just didn't understand the sort of physical extremes that go into Did it make you cooking. realize he wasn't all that, maybe? <laughs> you know, I'd like to say that that was the end. <laughs> um, it, it wasn't entirely, but it really was very telling to me. I was like, that's... an. an and, and, and he was sort of an exception because I really do agree. I think if you run into people who are like, eh, food, eh, you, there's a, you're like, there, there's, there's a something, cold. there's yeah. like, there's a coolness there. And mm-hmm. he, you know, he actually did just one very well and the, the other not so much, but, uh, and was sort of um, uh, idiosyncratic that way. But I, I mm-hmm. definitely agree. I think, I think that, that in addition to, the, of course, the giving aspect and you're, you're cooking something, it's an act of love. It's also just an incredibly physical act mm-hmm. and you're, you're involving all of your senses. Mm-hmm. Um, understanding there's this level of understanding i think of understand yeah and risk you know i mean Mm -hmm. you can burn yourself Mm -hmm. you can Mm -hmm. cut yourself you can and that that to me is danger is is, is, yeah yeah has that in common too oh yeah we're willing to go there (laughs) i don't even feel the pain battle scars here showing off (laughs) julia child's talk about developing asbestos hands in order to cook um we we do that yeah, I mean it's part and parcel with our lives and I guess our sexuality as well. Mm-hmm. I would think, right? <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I think people are at different levels. People can be really into food as um they like to eat it, but then when it comes to cooking it there's another there can be a complete disconnect there. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, you like, you know, you never see how a raw meat, you know, with butchery, people are freaked out by seeing raw meat. Yeah. Or yeah. fish or yeah. something. Yeah. So it is. It is just a, it's a strange level. thing. It's. It's. I mean, even you know, my brother is a is a great cook. Actually, he's a fantastic cook. Uh, but he can't handle chicken. Can't like touch it. There's um, a salmonella like scare back in everyone's head. No, I think, I think it's no? because it looks like chicken. They it do. Looks like you know, a bird. I I kind of feel that way too. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel a little sad for it when I'm putting sure. it in the see. Yeah. yeah. But I was I was encouraged reading about your butchering that how the about the seams and how it's meant to come apart and maybe if I could yeah. see it that way which I should I mean as a, as a meat eater I should be able to do all those things I believe that just like I should like liver but right. uh, the idea that it was meant to come apart made me encouraged me to think oh, right. maybe I could it's something I could do if well there, I mean that was something that I learned about butchering that that was was um, surprising to me when I went in I thought it was. What everyone thinks butchery mm-hmm. is is hacking and mm-hmm. tearing apart mm-hmm. and it's violence. And in fact, it's so delicate. Yeah. And this idea of the seams, that these muscles are joined by this connective tissue that shows it makes a sort of road map um, through the muscle and or between the muscles and through the um, you know piece, big pieces of meat and how it breaks down um, was was beautiful to me and 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 
sexy as yeah. well. And uh, viscerally, it's like a better sense of anatomy once you oh, yeah. have that. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, improve your sex life. Like, <laughs> yeah. Knowing how to tear things. Knowing how to butcher. Exactly. exactly. Well, you know, I, I write in the, in the book about mm-hmm. the, the theory the that Jack the Ripper yeah. could, oh, right, could right. have been a butcher. You know, and that there is, I mean, when you think about what he did, that he took these women apart and, and the there's something so, um, I mean, it's horrific, obviously, and I've been horrified by Jack the Ripper since I was, just, you know, I used to flip through the books and see those pictures of, the, you know, the girl's Ugh. liver sitting on the table. And, mm-hmm. and and yet when I started doing the butcher, I said, well, gosh, that's what he's doing that with, you know, with the bodies after he's killed them and slashed their throats and, you know, violently. He's, it's so different in a way. It's like he's like this tiny bit of his brain that is so completely corroded Obsessed, and, it, yeah. it, it, you know, just insane beyond any there's no way he's going to save himself and yet there's this piece of me that's trying to find mm-hmm. something that makes sense uh, inside yeah. these, these, so these compartments. someone only seen his talent and given him an apprenticeship early on maybe thinks well exactly uh, the lives exactly of a so. few prostitutes could have been exactly saved. so exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> now you guys are both passionate cooks um butchery aside um did you learn from cooking at home or was it just? I, I think I, I know you cooked from your learned from your I just, mother. Yeah, I sort of. I wouldn't say I learned at my mother's knee, but mm-hmm. it was something that my mother showed a, a great capability at, and I think somehow I just was a place I felt very comfortable cooking. Uh, cooking in, in was something skill I felt. Too. Yeah, yeah, it was something I never had any conflict about. Whereas love was something that caused me tremendous conflict. Just really because I was dating the wrong people, actually. I see in retrospect, but but you know, it just but cooking was a place where I found peace, where I felt completely comfortable, completely um, confident about it that I I would pull it off. And even if I didn't pull it off, it was okay. Whereas with love, dating in the past twenty years in New York it was everything. What did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? You know, how can I change it? How can I make it better? And and food just. Makes exists sense. for me on a very calming plane. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you know, of course, I started learning to cook. I taught myself. I'm totally mm-hmm. self-taught. Books, and yeah. um, I I started cooking in college for two reasons. First of all, because I didn't believe that anyone in Western Massachusetts knew how to eat. Um, coming from Texas, I just thought these but, people have no taste. And <laughs> secondly, because I was um, in the process of snagging my now husband um and he so you cook for him too to uh oh, yeah. oh, to yeah. win him over <laughs> oh yeah oh nice job i have uh, thanks man um i uh, he, he he was subjected to all of my early disasters i mean one of the first things i ever made for him i tried to do from like water for chocolate the um rose petal so- whatever it was and ro- quail and rose petal sauce <laughs> like I got roses from like so the Seven got- Eleven, <laughs> and then and it was awful. And then you know I I tried to make him a seafood gumbo, and I with a and a nonstick pot with a plastic spoon, and wound up melting the uh, bowl of the oh spoon. <laughs> um, so he you know he uh, I didn't feed him that, um, but but you know he he put up with a lot, and he was you know one of our first dates. Uh, he took me to to prom to a Belgian restaurant, and he ate escargot. I was like. Who are you? I, oh. I was so he would eat anything, and I I was pretty picky. So mm-hmm. um, I I really expanded my horizons in order to, you know, impress him. Were his, so was his mother a great cook? Was his mother an adventurous cook? His, and I'm just assuming mother because mother and father terrible sex. His mother and his father okay. both um, were were way more. They were they were kind of hippies. Uh-huh. They were way more adventurous than I was. Um, uh, and then, or then my my mother's a great cook, but very, you know. More adventurous American. now, but but yeah, very yeah. kind of straight ahead American f- cook where he was being thrown, you know, 
crazy <laughs> stuff from the very beginning. So he, he grew up with well, this. Well, was there any one dish that kind of sealed the deal, you think? Or? Mm. It was a long, but wasn't slow he? He seduction. was already yours, wasn't he? He was kind of already mine. You just so, well, him to I was love cementing you more. it because we we, we had yes. <laughs> oh, I, I'm voracious. Um, I, actually, what what happened was um, we, we met in high school, and then I went to one school. He went to another. We were dealing doing a long distance relationship, so it was it was kind of cementing. Like, don't forget, ah, I'm you know, okay. I'm, so, right. you know, on the weekends you right. come here. I'm going to feed you, and those pretty little girls are not mm-hmm. going to be able to feed you wow. the way I can feed you. So it was definitely like keeping making sure he kept me in mind. In retrospect, I probably could have done it without the food but but it, at the time it's right. vitally that's what you wanted to important. do you were drawn to do that's interesting because my that for me well i didn't have any boyfriends in co- college so maybe had i would have done it but it didn't occur to me <laughs> to cook until late well until right. i started dating and sure. I, that didn't happen for me till i was 23 sure so <laughs> so what exactly did you cook for that uh going away dinner meal well I, well, the, that was the that that was the going away before I went to school was the disastrous um, rose petal sauce. So that didn't work okay. out. So much. <laughs> okay. um, I, I crossing I, that off. My once list. he was yes. Don't, don't, don't. Did you suffer after that? Though? Were you like, oh my god? Oh, we just couldn't, it, we just couldn't eat it. It was it was completely inedible. And I'd spent all this money on the little quails and. Um, but uh, once he was up at school, I used to do a lot of like chicken fried steak, fried, fried chicken. I can he he loves my fried chicken, and I will do that for him. Hey, Kathy. So we have another question. This one's from Tim in Park Slope uh, through email. He wants to know if you guys are seeing anybody right now. And if not, <laughs> if he? you'd be looking for somebody passionate about food. Ah. Oh. Oh. Well, uh, Kathy, what about who you? Who is this guy? I don't know. Yeah, uh, send pictures. You know, um, um, yeah, I've been cooking for somebody a bit lately, um, but you know, we'll see. It's just like, it, it's a, it's an evolving thing, you know? I mean, like, I, yeah, I can't go into any of that. <laughs> I'm, I'm recently not available, Tim. Sorry. And yeah. Julie, she's got a lot going on. Yeah, but you, you, you don't need me in your life, I can tell you that. No, no, we're, 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 I'm, I'm actually, uh, still married. Uh, shockingly <laughs> enough, if you read the book, it's pretty amazing. Um, but, uh, uh yeah that no. gives, you know sorry that's, tim sorry. that's a good it's a good story for all you know <laughs> young women out there Honestly. things are working out i mean you know i just think it's so great to have um a dialogue about stuff that is um not you know a women's place necessarily in a, in a previous time and uh be able to talk about things so frankly and so honestly and um just filled with sensory details. I mean, from food to sex and everything. It's really exciting. Um, so one thing I always like to ask people is, what is your perfect date meal? To cook or to eat out or to first date? make somebody cook? Uh, um, well, you know, I mean, you are, you kind of read mine. I, I, the, the, the Valentine's Day li- livers. I like I'm, the liver. Just, you know, it's a challenge and you're, it's a test. Yeah, it can, is a if test. If you can eat this, then right. I respect you. And if, if you turn Ooh. your nose up at it, um, we're probably not going to work Ooh. out. I've, I've, Eric loves liver, and and, and we have long. He, you know, really was the person reason I started eating it. And um, oh, really? So he liked it. So you made it for him? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. I mean, he really expanded my taste horizons in a lot of ways, and certainly awful meats and and all that stuff mm-hmm. was in, in fact started by him. I also did feed liver once to D. I think I fed him chicken liver though. He ate it. Yeah, he ate it. I don't. Did think you he loved mash it. it up in like a mousse or? Uh... 
No, 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 it was just sautéed sautéed okay. chicken livers on, on. I think with they were maybe on top of noodles or something. I can't remember exactly, but but it was it was a Julia thing. I'm sure liver. It is so sensual, just like the the feel of it, the texture, the texture of it. That's what I love texture. about it. So, yeah. Just what people usually don't like. No, so, I know. Uh, well, it's, yeah. it's I, I write about it actually in Julia. Julia, I write about liver. I'm, I'm some, for some reason obsessed. Um, <laughs> uh, but that there's something you have to. You can't ignore it. You have you have to submit to it, and that's why I and find it, it so smells. sexy. Too. Oh it's yeah, a very it's strong metallic. Pungent. It's good. You know, it's there's you know there's you can take you know there's blood in there. There's it's 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 gory. It's body. You know, yeah. it's definitely. And I and I, I have copped in my life to the occasional sadomasochistic tendency, masochistic more than sadist. And uh, there's something about liver that that speaks to that to me that, that you just it cannot be ignored it's like being tied yes. down and forced you know it's like being faced to look at a beating heart or exactly, something or exactly exactly hearts that's another story altogether <laughs> yeah. yes it's a good awful um so julia i, I would just i guess i would have to say pasta to spaghetti. stay on message to stay yeah. on my brand um because There's it no- is sort of the basic you know I, I would go for more of a basic you know comforting food that uh, has carbohydrates which you know keep you going and it's like it's you too it is me yeah so <laughs> put it out there <laughs> that would be giving yeah my most authentic self yes yeah Great guys, so um, I'm so excited um, to try to cook some of your favorite meals in the books. Um, I think everyone should give it a try too. Yeah, and um, just don't be afraid to cook for people. Yeah, for God's sake, definitely sakes. not. Don't be afraid to because cook for yourself, for yourself or for people. Right. Is definitely what my message to the world would be. Yeah, especially when you're especially you're alone. I mean, the point of my book would be especially when you're alone. It's important to take care of yourself well. And if you can't take care of yourself well, you're not even going to be able to begin to take care of other people. Somebody else. There's a, there's a, a deep. I think you're. I think you're absolutely right. There's a, a, a wonderful, um, sensual, um, good good treatment of yourself mm-hmm. to cook for yourself, mm-hmm. and, and, and mm-hmm. it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard to make yourself do it. But when you do, there's a, a whole different. We could go into a whole other little yeah. sexual metaphor here. With a nice glass here. of wine, it's such a heart. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Cheers to that. I am, I'm getting hungry right now. So why don't we yeah. have uh, some Yay. pizza Sounds and uh, chat Thank some more. And I can't wait to hear more about your guys' exciting projects. And thanks so much for being on Let's Eat In. Thank you. Have a good Thank week. You. I'll see you next week. I'm Kathy Irway. <laughs>